Welcome to the Fast Five by Fear and Greed. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Adam Lang. Good morning, Michael. Now, Adam, just before we started recording today, when I mentioned to the two of you that we were each going to be putting forward our, our big economic stories for uh, the year and, and at the end we'll kind of decide who wins, all in five minutes, when I said we're talking about the economy, you made a noise that I don't think I've ever heard come out of your mouth before and it was kind of a, a mix of a, a, a groan and a grunt, a very excited noise. With a touch of excitement in it, definitely. Yeah, more the anticipation of joy, the joy of economics. Goodness me. Well, well, we will get to your story in a moment because I want to hear what you've got. If you are that excited about it, it's going to be a cracker. But we're going to start with Sean, just to keep you kind of just, just bouncing in your seat for a little bit longer, Adam. Sean, what have you got? Uh, the big story this year has been inflation and interest rates. The Reserve Bank has lifted the official cash rate by three percentage points. That's from 0.1 to 3.1%. At least we get a couple of months off now before the next Reserve Bank board meeting. So no more rate rises till February. That's good news. At the beginning of the year, the Reserve Bank was saying it wouldn't lift interest rates until 2024, but then inflation soared. It's measured in the sevens locally. It'll probably, by the time we get this quarter's inflation figures in, it'll be pretty close to 8%. In Europe, UK, the US, it was more 8 9 10% at one point in the UK. There's been supply chain issues, so people just haven't been able to buy a car and get it delivered, for example. Energy price spikes, think Ukraine, floods in Australia, and importantly, consumers willing to pay higher prices. Now, the full impact of higher interest rates has not yet been felt because all those savings buffers built up during the pandemic have been used, but people will be hit really hard in 2023. There's also the big question mark over whether Phil Lowe will get another eight-year term as Governor of the Reserve Bank. Does he deserve it, given at the beginning of the year he said rates wouldn't rise till 2024 and they've gone up three percentage points? Hmm, not sure. Oh, see, that's that's one of those stories that basically everything else kind of flows on from there. So I might go next with mine because mine flows directly on from interest rates because one thing that we've talked about every single week this year pretty much is house prices, one of my favourite topics. Hasn't been a great year, but then again, it does come after a pretty spectacular boom. So context here is is pretty important. Uh, across the year, national housing values fell by 3.2%, 5.2% drop in capital cities, 3.3% rise in regional areas. The most significant declines came in the more expensive markets, probably no surprise there. Sydney led the way, prices off nearly 12% from their peak. Melbourne and Hobart were also the, the losers, I I suppose if you want to put it like that. Towards the end of the year, the decline was slowing, but still it was steep enough this year to be the sharpest drop in almost 40 years. What will happen next year? Well, it, it kind of depends on who you ask, really. AMP Chief Economist Shane Oliver expects house prices from peak to trough to drop 15 to 20%, and the bottom will come in the second half of next year. Others are a bit more optimistic, so maybe that's kind of a worst-case scenario perhaps, but look, Sean, it really does kind of flow on from your, your interest rate uh, story, as I suspect pretty much all of our economy stories are going to be. Adam, what's yours? For me, it has to be unemployment. Yes, internationally, unemployment is a massive story, but let's focus on our own backyard in Australia. Employment gives income, taxes and productivity to the nation's coffers, but it is also a health and well-being issue. Being productive is as important for individual well-being as it is for our economy. 
In 2022, Australia's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate remained at a 48-year low of 3.4%. That's nearly 13.8 million employed, 9.6 million full-time and nearly 4.8 million part-time. And amongst those numbers, there are fascinating themes amongst the post-lockdown economy. Supply chains seem to be normalising. The transition to green energy, electric cars, technology and remote working, plus the reintroduction of immigration, are all impacting jobs, locations and the ways we work. Yeah, unemployment's been an incredible story, and I reckon that'll keep going for the next 12 months or so as well, Adam. So what do you reckon, rates, house prices, or the labour market? It's rates. It all comes back to rates, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. I love the fact that you kind of handed it over to us to make the decision because <laughs> yeah. it was your story, <laughs> yeah. and, and there was that just that little bit of you that said, I can't award this to myself. I would not have the same kind of reservations. If I thought I had the bigger story, I'd just be like, yeah, it's mine. Regular listeners will remember a couple of days ago we did this whole thing on the political, big political story. Michael started off with the election. At the end of it, he just said, yep, I won and that's that. <laughs> well, look, sometimes you know what? You just need decisive decisions. Wow, yeah, decisive right. decisions. You can tell we're getting towards the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. All right, there we go. That's it. The biggest economic story of the year has been decided. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you, Adam. Make sure you hit follow on the podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and this is The Fast Five by Fear and Greed. 